Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The parable that we just heard read, that we meditate on this morning especially, is often referred to by the title, The Workers in the Vineyard. And that parable begins as we heard, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Now that maybe strikes us as a little bit strange. Uh, Isn't the kingdom of heaven heaven? Why is heaven like a landowner going out to look for workers in the vineyard? But we see here that uh, very often when the gospel books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, refer to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, uh, sometimes maybe it's referring to heaven itself, uh, the, the place or our eternal existence together with God. But very often it's described, especially in Jesus' parables that he tells, in terms of action, in terms of God doing something. And so that helps us to understand that term that the kingdom of heaven is not referring certainly to an earthly kingdom and not even really referring to a place at all, but rather it's referring to God's working in the hearts of people through the gospel, through that good news of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus, to bring people to faith in Jesus as their Savior. And through faith in Jesus, then they are part of God's kingdom. They, are, they have come into the kingdom of heaven. In this parable, we see that the action is that of a landowner going out and and seeking people to work for him in his vineyard. And already in the first verse of the parable, we see the gracious and merciful action of God. He is the one who initiates the kingdom of heaven. He is the one who is responsible for its inception, its beginning. And the reason that anyone else besides God is involved in it is because he makes it possible by bringing people into his kingdom. We don't see people in this parable beating down the doors of that vineyard, pleading with the owner of the vineyard to be let in and and to be able to work for him in his vineyard. No, rather we see the landowner going out into the town, into the marketplace, and, and hiring people, searching for people to come and work for him in his vineyard. And so we see that the truth of the matter is that if the landowner hadn't come around, then no one would have known that there was a job opportunity to be had in the first place. And of course, that is an insight for us for our own spiritual lives. It was God who initiated his kingdom among us and within each of us. God the Father sent his son Jesus into the world. The coming of his kingdom is an accomplished fact through Jesus in his birth, in his perfect life, in his innocent death and his resurrection. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is here because Jesus has established it. And God now invites us to become a part of it, to become a part of his kingdom. God doesn't separate himself from us sinful people. Instead, God comes to us and involves us in what he is doing. God invites us through the call of the gospel. Our youth confirmation students have recently memorized the explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed from Luther's small catechism. And they can probably recite to you if you ask them, 
They will be able to say, I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or choosing, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Before Jesus ascended into heaven and is, took his place in glory at the right hand of God the Father, he gathered his disciples together on a mountain or a hillside and gave them these instructions that we know as the Great Commission. He told them to go and gather disciples from all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and by teaching them to keep all the instructions I have given you. And those disciples were the first in a long line of people that God sent out into the world to seek workers for his vineyard. That is, people to become part of his kingdom of grace. And through their witness, through the testimony of the gospel by those first disciples and by all the other believers after them, all the way down today to you and to me, each time that good news of Jesus is proclaimed in, in preaching, in personal Bible reading and devotions, through the sacrament of baptism, or when we receive the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper, that call to come into God's kingdom of heaven is given to us again. And we see in the parable that landowner went out again and again throughout the day to seek workers, more workers, to come into his vineyard. So also our gracious God never stops calling to us and to all people through the word and his sacraments. And when God calls us into his kingdom, let us realize that the call comes by his grace alone. Not because we are such especially good workers and we have earned our way into God's kingdom. No, it's solely his prerogative, his choice to call us. None of us can presume to tell God that we would be especially good for his business if, if he would only hire us, that he should work out a deal with us quickly while we're still free agents before somebody else gets a contract with us. No, the call comes from God, and it comes through his word and sacrament. It's a gracious call, totally independent of us and, and our goodness or abilities, simply based on God's grace alone. We see that when the workers went into the vineyard, they immediately got busy and did what they were supposed to do. They weren't in competition with each other, uh, one trying to gather more than the other did. No, they were all working together for the owner. However, we who are in the kingdom of heaven, whether pastor or layperson, we so often get the sense that we are in competition with each other. For example, pastors very often want to think of themselves as, as being leaders of successful churches, and lay people also very often uh, want to be part of a, what they deem to be a successful church that has lots of people and programs. But when God calls us into the kingdom of heaven through the gospel, we, we have to put away all thoughts like that. These thoughts are not worthy of God's people. In God's kingdom, we are there only by God's grace to serve God and to serve other people that he has placed around us in our lives. 
And when we do so, then God is glorified, not us. And so we dare not serve in God's kingdom in order to to try to bring glory to ourselves in any way. Jesus had warned his disciples about that, if you recall. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, we saw that Jesus told them in Matthew chapter 18 that greatness in God's kingdom comes by other standards than what the world recognizes. Jesus told them, if you want to be great, then become like a little child. And especially at his day, little children were not viewed as as being uh, very uh, worth much for the production and, and good of society. Uh, sometimes looked down upon as as a nuisance. But Jesus said, become like a little child. That is his word to disciples who are new to the ways of his kingdom. Humble yourself. Have simple faith in God and his promises. Like a little child has full trust and confidence in his or her parents. The workers of the kingdom can never claim a right in the ownership of that kingdom. It's true, of course, that through God's grace, uh, through Jesus, we are made heirs of the kingdom. And so in that sense, we do share in the ownership, but still the kingdom belongs to God. God is the one who gives the orders to the workers for the day. God decides how his kingdom will operate. God decides what the pay will be for each worker, what the rewards of his grace will be. In Isaiah chapter 55, God, through his prophet, emphasizes that this is true. God calls the wicked to repentance, and he promises mercy and pardon when they do repent of their sins. But that concept of God's mercy, of his forgiveness, even to to those who do great wickedness and evil, as we saw in the case of Jonah, and his unwillingness for God's mercy to come to the wicked people of Nineveh, that idea of God's mercy goes against our own inward desire for justice upon evildoers and the wicked. We want to see the wicked get their just desserts for their crimes. But God says through his prophet Isaiah in chapter 55, my plans are not your plans, and your ways are not my ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my plans are higher than your plans. Thank God that this is true. Because our desire for justice, for the wicked to be punished, would bring judgment upon ourselves as well. Because we also daily sin much. At least, the very least, in our thoughts and desires which go against God's will, if not always, in our actions and our words. So thank God that he is in charge of the kingdom with his grace and his mercy reigning above all. In his relationship with the human race, God has always operated according to his thinking. And that way of thinking is so vastly different from our own. In a situation where we would call for judgment and condemnation, God calls for mercy. In a situation where we would say, we've waited long enough for that so-and-so to change, strike him down, God would say, no, let's wait a little longer and see if he will still Turn to me in repentance and faith and receive mercy. 
And what better example of that is there than what Jesus did for us? Jesus came into this world solely because God had compassion and patience where we would have done the opposite. The human race had rebelled against its creator and and broken his commands. And if we had been that creator, I suppose that we would have simply wiped them all out and started over again, but not God, our loving Father. In his rich mercy, he sent the answer for our rebellion in the person of his own son, Jesus. Now, maybe we, we would have tried to at least make a deal with the human race, and we would have said, now, now listen, human race, if you will show me that you're trying to become better, and if you will show me that you do care just a little bit about my will, then I will work to save you from your dilemma. But God, our Father, did not take that attitude. Rather, he sent his Son into the world, uninvited by us, to die for us. While we were still sinners, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 5. It is, as the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah that we just heard moments ago from chapter 55, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my plans higher than your plans. And that's exactly what we see taking place in the climax of this parable. When the landowners uh, calls the workers to come for their pay at the end of the day, he gives them all the same wage. Now, we can spend some time thinking about uh, the complaining that went on among those workers who had worked the whole day long throughout the heat of the day and got the same pay as those who had come in at the 11th hour, who had worked only one hour. But the focus is more on the fact that the owner was the one who decided what should be given to each worker. And his decision was totally a gracious one. And that's the way it is in the kingdom of heaven. God gives us a wage that comes entirely from his graciousness. He gives us a reward for being in the kingdom. And isn't it wonderful that he gives anything to us at all? because it was he who brought us into his kingdom in the first place. And that reward that he gives us is eternal life. No one in his right mind would ever say, well, after all, I, I, that's what I earned. I worked for it and I earned it. Salvation and eternal life. No one would say that. It's, it's obvious that we have earned nothing of the sort. And so all that we can say about the ruler of the kingdom of heaven is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. As members of his kingdom, that's what we've come to understand and believe and rejoice in. That's what we've experienced, God's rich grace and mercy. Praise God for his gracious call into his kingdom. Amen.